Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. Y'all ready for this? So ready for this. You say we have. Say that every time. Yeah, we got it. It's tradition. It's every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have Cody with us today, who is one of our editors. And we're going to do kind of a panel discussion on roadblocks to recording. So everything from your ideas to planning to actually hitting record. We were talking about this thinking a good system may be enough of a solution to kind of get you to that recording point. But we have noticed in our own experience, and I'm sure you listening have too, if you've ever tried to record a video, that there are a lot of points along the way where you can almost get lost or procrastinate or just kind of get stunted and mm-hmm. and not progress for whatever reason. So we kind of want to address those issues, maybe a little bit beyond just what you know you should do and kind of help you troubleshoot why maybe you're still not doing it if you're having that issue. Love it. I'm excited. Cool. I do want to mention that we Cody almost requested we give him a code name before this. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking Star-Lord. Yeah. What do you think of that code name, Cody? We'll work on it. <laughs> Okay. If you guys have any ideas, please let us know what we should be calling Cody because we are open (laughs) to suggestions. Okay. So let's just go over our pipeline, give them a brief rundown. So currently we're trying out a lot of different things and we switch it up quite a bit, to be honest. We're trying to get ideas from kind of the whole team right now. We're trying to do thumbnails earlier. We are trying to coordinate on our project management system, which is currently ClickUp. Um, And we're trying to batch and schedule a lot of things, I would say. It's kind of the trend that we've been doing recently, which doesn't leave a lot of room for your creative energy at any point, especially in Nate's case. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there's pros and cons. What do you you feel, Nate, are the pros and cons of how we've been doing things lately? Oh, yeah. So I think, well... First, I need to acknowledge, you say we're trying to do a lot of things. We are very successfully doing a lot of things also. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I do need to acknowledge that and for everybody listening and, and just for us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the interesting thing is it's been it's been a process to to understand at what point certain things should be done and, and identifying failure points, like what you were mentioning earlier, Julia, how there are multiple points where things can be slowed down best case scenario or stopped for a while worst case scenario uh, along the way and i feel like we're always going to be progressing but i definitely feel like we're getting there yes at this point. right and i just want to reiterate that this is definitely going to be about how you listening can get past your own roadblocks we're not going to spend this whole episode just talking about our process because we have a big team and that's not going to be relevant to you 90 percent of the time so we really are going to just kind of use our own examples as ways that you can figure out what your own roadblocks are and get past them, um, but just running through it fast first. Y'all ready for this? Yeah, you ready? <laughs> okay, so let's start with ideation. Just coming up with video ideas. doesn't need to be that fancy of a word. Um, and deciding not only which ones to do and which ones not to do, but the packaging around it, because a lot of that is decided at that stage, you know, you might have a video idea, decide on a final title way later, but typically you probably have some ideas of what the title and thumbnail might be, but that can feel like a lot. And so I think a good thing to talk about is, do you need to have all of those things? Is it more important to just keep making progress or is it more important to make sure you weed out 
these ideas that might not be good because they don't have good title and thumbnail options. Yeah, I can see this from a few different angles. Uh, one of them is a, a deficit of creativity. If you're feeling stagnant, that's one thing to address, and we, which we can talk about here in a moment. Another is just how much, like exactly what you're saying, how much do you need to have in order for you to feel like, yeah, this is an idea and I can progress with this idea for a piece of content for a video. For the creativity stagnation one, behind the scenes, pulling back the curtain here, what, what we've been doing here is we've been getting the team more involved with this. So we'll have periodically, right now it's looking like about once a month, we'll come together as a team. But beforehand, everybody will submit ideas. We have some general parameters. You got to have your one paragraph, your, your pitch, like what is this idea? Generally, what it's going to look like and generally what it's going to cost in terms of time, resources, research, data, all of that kind of thing. Uh, and that has been, I feel like that's been going well thus far. We're always refining it, but I feel like it's going well uh, in, in that for me, I was feeling stagnant with ideas and just having other people proposing options um, has been really cool. It's been cool to be able to do that. So I guess applying it here, if the roadblock is you're feeling stagnant or out of creative ideas, it might be time to put together your own, um, what would you call it? If you don't have a team working with you yet, your own little group of trusted advisors, so to speak, mm -hmm. that could look like a group in Project 24 community. You just say, hey, I'm looking to put together a group where I'm running out of ideas. And, and it's not necessarily that everybody has to be in your same industry. Right. But it can be helpful to have that just so people know the context. But even without that, it can be just nice sometimes to just have people that you trust say, hey, this is generally what my channel's about. What ideas do you have? Yes. And we see that a lot with thumbnails. People put thumbnails in the Project 24 community for feedback on those. But I, I don't recall seeing a lot of the idea kind of bouncing ideas off each other, which I think would be really helpful um, and I think another result that we're getting out of this is we're having a bunch of ideas and then we're picking the very best ones. And even without other people, you can kind of apply that by maybe you try to come up with 10 ideas a day or five ideas a day. And then once you have 10, 20 ideas, maybe 50, heard some YouTubers try to pick the best out of every 100, but you can just have a bigger pool. And then compared to the other ones, you can kind of, I think, get a better gauge of how good an idea is based on where it ranks in a larger list. Yeah, which actually a couple of ways I would be measuring that is how do I feel about it? How excited am I about the idea? And then how well does it fit the brand? Mm -hmm. And that's similar to what we have, the, the video idea matrix that's in Project 24. If you haven't listened to that, that is a good option to, to watch through that lesson in the YouTube system, uh, the video idea matrix. Um, if, you're, if you're having a hard time, validating it, validating ideas or just coming up with good ideas, making sure they're good ideas. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so what would you say to somebody who said they have not picked a video idea? Maybe they spent a lot of time on it. They're going through the matrix, but nothing quite seems to measure up to either the standards they have for themselves or even the standards in the matrix. They're like, well, I don't know if this is really on brand. I don't know if my audience is really going to like it. They're kind of just stuck. Would you say just start filming something? You'll figure it out more later or... Or would you tell them to ask more questions about it? Like, how would you troubleshoot that? Mm -hmm. I feel like Cody had some good uh, thoughts on this because we were talking about, what did we call it? Where we were developing an idea to a point where we had to say, mm. past this point, we're just going to make this idea. Even if we, we can't cancel this idea after it's at this point. 
the the funny thing is i feel like we were talking about and and correct me if i'm wrong on this we were having conversations about how me flighty as i can be we were developing ideas we were getting them through the pipeline but i would come up with ideas that we had on our idea list and i would say ah this idea stinks i don't want to do that idea anymore Mm -hmm. and so i found that we had to approach it from a few different angles one was validating the idea and then the other was initiate putting in place a point of no return maybe that's what we call it i don't remember but a point of no return where once an idea or a video gets past this point into production I'm going to make it. Yeah. We are going to make it. There's no turning back, no matter how bad it looks. Right. <laughs> yeah, which was kind of to to contradict, maybe the word I'm looking for, a habit that we had. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing to know. Like there, I can see in the future there being a situation where maybe we have the habit of making too many videos, even if we're not going the right direction with them. That might be a year down the road, might be two years. But I think like noticing what your hangup is, where you need to improve and it might be that direction or it might be the opposite direction. You know, maybe you're, you're going for too many things that you shouldn't be going for. Or maybe you have the same problem that we do where you're like just too perfectionistic. And so you're not going for things that you could be going for. But the point is to kind of like course correct based on what your extreme, what your default is. And especially kind of the thing that you maybe know in the back of your head is an excuse or not, not what you should be doing. Yes. That makes sense. And I remember uh, we were putting up some catch points. I think how I would look at it for, for you listening to this, I would look at it as catch points along the way. And for us, so just give you an example so you know what I'm talking about here with catch points. So for us, we learned that if we come up with an idea, it's just a raw idea to start with, a general idea, maybe what a title or thumbnail might look like for it. Then we say, we assess it. So the catch point here is, does that even seem like a good idea? And if it's like, yeah, okay, that might be a good idea. Then it moves on to the next phase, which is we um, currently, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, we we have a chance to meet together and say, how would we develop this idea? Do mm-hmm. we still like the idea? Okay, and if it makes it past that catch point, if it seems like a viable idea at that point, then it's time to nail down the title and thumbnail before we do anything else. Right. Say, uh, because I can't tell you how many times, Julia probably could, I don't know, maybe you could. <laughs> Cody is, I, I also, I'm going to loop Cody into this too. The number of times where I've done a video, even recorded it, and then it comes time, I was, it was horrible. I would, it would come time, I'd have an idea for a title and thumbnail, but then it'd come down to actually producing it. And I would think, dude, there's nothing. I can't find anything that fits this, that that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's appealing idea. And so switching that catch point to before recording was I think is huge for us because it forces me particularly to sit down and say, is this a good idea? Yes. But can I market this idea? Can I market it in an interesting way that I, that I feel like is appealing? There's always the possibility that we'll, we, we all think it's awesome. We publish it. It doesn't do very well. There's yeah. always a possibility, especially on YouTube, but forcing myself to say this, no, this is exactly what the, the title is going to be, or at least a solid three options. And then the same thing with thumbnails. Right. And right now we're playing with having that at least thought through a bit to where we would be happy with one of the ideas that we've come up with before we kind of decide we're at the no return point, mm-hmm. because sometimes that is kind of the deal breaker is like, well, this idea, we really love the content idea for it, but if we don't have a way to get people to click, they're never going to see the content. So yeah then we, we do sometimes throw out videos if we don't have a great 
or even decent thumbnail and title option. Um, so I think that is one thing to play with is like deciding for sure on a video after you have at least some viable thumbnail and title options that don't have to be perfect. And Cody, with your workflow with editing and making most of our thumbnails, do you feel like that has helped to have the idea earlier on that it matches the video better, that it's easier to produce the thumbnails? Have you not noticed a difference between doing it last minute? Yeah, I think having the title and thumbnail earlier before the edit definitely helps keep everything focused and on track. So as far as editing goes, when you're evaluating a line or a segment to determine if it's a rabbit trail or if it's any sort of important piece of what's going on, you have to compare it to the title or the thumbnails. Like, does it support one or the other? Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't feed into the story you're trying to tell from the title and thumbnail, then it's it's worth cutting. Right. I love that. Makes that. Sense. And so would that mean that in this case, say for the people listening, does it direct the editing? Yes. In the sense of the title will kind of set the tone, especially for your stuff. If it's going to be more practical or if it's more mindset, um, if the, the title or thumbnail sets that scene, then it kind of determines the pacing of the cuts and whether or not you do a zoom in or add a graphic. It just kind of sets the whole tone. I agree with that. I think that that's a great uh, point. Right. So it not only makes it easier to make the thumbnail and make decisions about the thumbnail, but also easier to make decisions about the edit, which also ties into scripting and outlining, which is kind of our step after the thumbnail currently. Yeah. And so if you have the thumbnail and title figured out, it directs all of those things and makes your life easier from then on, especially if you're thinking about it as kind of one cohesive story and message, which I think is a helpful approach. Yeah. At this point, where's our point of no return? Is it after we've said, okay, this is the title of the thumbnail. We think, yeah, this is official. It's added to our production pipeline. Is that where it is right now? I feel like we're a little bit more at the point of here are thumbnail and title ideas to go along with this video idea. Mm-hmm. And as long as they are, you know, we can envision it enough that we're not like, well, this, we're a little lost. As long as it's like, yeah, okay, that, you know, I can see that we might adjust it. That's kind of been our point of no return since. Okay. And, you know, part of that for you listening is because of our team dynamic. You know, the people that often come up with the thumbnail ideas and take the thumbnail pictures or the person that came up with the video idea is not the same person always as the person that makes the thumbnail. And if you're doing it on your own, it might make sense to fully produce, make the thumbnail in Photoshop or Canva or whatever you are using before you go on to scripting. But for us, it, it kind of makes sense. Like we don't need a final, final thumbnail before we move on, as long as we are confident that we have ideas that we will be happy with, yeah, I think is where we're at. I get that. I think another thing we found is we forced ourselves to get more final, but mm-hmm. not necessarily totally final, but more final solid on the title and thumbnail before doing anything else was we found it refined the direction of the scripting or the the outline of the video. Uh, because it's just a small change in wording, for example, can change the tone of the video entirely. And if we have... Uh, it, for example, if, if the video was how to get 70% retention guaranteed on your next video, that's one video versus the factors that make for a, I'm not saying this would be the title, but the factors that make for 70% or common failure points for 70%. Like there's, 
I feel like that was a lame example. I was trying to come up no, with an example of the just minutia and changes in the title and thumbnail can determine, can change a lot of the direction of the video. Yes, absolutely. And so at the scripting, we call it scripting, even though we don't script word for word, but it's the outlining. It's, you know, figuring out kind of the storyline, the outline of what you're going to say. What roadblocks do you run into there where you're like, it doesn't feel quite done, or maybe it's hard to get started. Maybe there's roadblocks to both. In what ways have you found to overcome those? First, I, tell me what the roadblocks might be. Oh, I have, go ahead. I have a point before you get to the scripting yes. phase. When you're in the idea phase, the the part that makes you determine if you have a good idea or not is what you're setting your baseline at of what makes a good level and a roadblock there is you're watching the wrong videos for your inspiration. So if you're, they're setting the bar too high, and if you're like, oh, that's that's what I'm going for, you're you're setting yourself up for failure. So when you're coming up with ideas, make sure you're referencing videos that are at your level and not beyond. Realistic, yeah, realistic that in terms awesome. of resources, time available. Which is another catch point of are we capable of doing this? Yeah. Am I capable of creating this video? <laughs> I feel like Cody's speaking to me directly. <laughs> <laughs> so I tend to have all these big ideas. I say, yeah, let's do this. And then when it comes down to it, I realize, oh, dang, <laughs> there's a lot more here. And maybe the person who made that example video has a team of 20 people and a budget of you know $50,000 for that one video. Right. Maybe that's the case that you're trying to compete with and you don't have anywhere near those resources. So assessing the resource needs before. Yeah, or if you're wanting to make your own um, short film and you realize this is a team effort and you're a solo person, you need to be watching solo people make their own short films. Or if you're doing the, um, like a baking thing and you're watching, is it cake videos or those fail type things? And it's like, well, am I at that level or do I need to find entry-level baking content that that I could compete with. Yes. Right. Or even if you were looking at some of those bigger videos for some inspiration, you can't throw out the idea because you can't do all of it. You have to adjust it for what you're capable of at this time yeah. or find out an entirely different video, maybe a really well-produced video that appears to have a slightly smaller budget or kitchen in that one of my favorite things to ask myself after, especially after listening to the book Effortless by Greg McEwen, mm. is, is there a simpler way to do this? Is there a simpler, if, I, if I'm drafting a video, for example, I look at the video and I say, dang, that's a good idea. Is there a way I could do that, but simpler or in a way that's easier for me to do it? So there's no shame in doing it simpler or easier if it accomplishes what you want it to. Uh, so that's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of leads into the outline. So if you're setting the bar correctly, you're already placing limits on where you can go in your outline. Mm -hmm. And these steps are so like the, it's a domino effect of like, if you have a good idea, the scripting is so much easier. Mm -hmm. I just see Nate sort of miling. I'm sure he can speak to this. If you have a good script and a clear outline, as we're going to get to, it makes recording easier and so much easier. editing so much easier. And like the whole thing, each step can make the next step so much easier. But if you get too caught up in that, then you might also think that your idea isn't good enough or that your script isn't good enough. So it's this balance between figuring out, you know, do I need to work more on this step so that the 
following steps become easier or do I need to just take action and keep going? Yeah, It's just about reducing friction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. So to your point earlier, you started into Julia talking, asking about the scripting thing, roadblocks with that, yes. how we've overcome with roadblocks. So one of the roadblocks for me personally was I would start writing down notes and they got really messy, mm-hmm. really fast to, to the point where I didn't, it was like raw notes combined with production notes combined with that. Blah, blah, blah. And it got to where I almost, I couldn't even rec- read them and much <laughs> less some, an editor or somebody trying to decipher. And so I think one of the biggest things that helped there, at least me personally was creating a template, uh, which in our case looks like a, it's like a simple table. It's just little boxes. And one column is for the step we're on, like the the segment of the video. The next column is for the content I'll be covering. I have a, another place for raw notes if I just want to brain dump and just write down ideas. But then when it comes down to actually deciding what I'm going to say or do or what's going to happen, that's the next column. And then we have a, a column for edits or the feeling. Uh, and so, and they, they all line up. So segment three, I'm talking about this. These are the edits or feeling. And so creating a common language, in our case, a common language to be able to decipher that we use through the edit. Like if there's something specifically I want Cody to do in a video, then I just put it in there. Right. Um, and let me ask you this. So if we didn't have a team, if it was just you solo, do you think that those columns still help you? Yes. Cool. <laughs> I kind of figured because then you see what's empty, right? Is uh-huh. that kind of where you're going? And then if something's empty, you know, okay, well, I need to either fill something in here. If I don't know what to say, I need to research it more you know what's missing in kind of like the definition of done, the DOD, and then you can figure out if you're actually ready to record and you're just kind of like procrastinating because it can be intimidating or if you actually need to do more research. Is that yes. kind of the situation? Yes, absolutely. It, it helps me keep it simpler too. Okay. Um, and I also know a, a column that can be added that I've used a couple times is scenes or shots or something mm-hmm. like that. So while this is happening in the video, this is the scene. This is where the camera is. This is what's, this is what's happening. So for me, that, that's been some of the roadblocks. The major roadblocks there is just the mess of it. I do feel like it's worth addressing briefly that the situations where you have the type of content that you can't pre-script. Mm-hmm. If you're going on a fishing trip, you don't know if you're going to catch anything. You hope you do, uh, but but you don't necessarily, you can't script out, you know. And at this point, I catch that that carp <laughs> that I was going for. You, you can't. No. Um, but it, it's almost like in those cases, uh, this is less from firsthand experience and more from just analyzing it and looking at channels that are doing that. I look at it more like if I'm a producer of a, TV show and I say okay these were the series of events or I'm reporting on something these are the series of events that happened now how do I form that into a story and can I just massage it a little bit can I tweak things to create a story arc out of what actually did happen Um, and then from there you can still use a template just input okay these are the this is the sequence of events I want to show in the video and just go from there interesting yeah and then that's where in some cases I think with channels like that the editing really does have to kind of compensate in some ways for the lack of outline. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can, you could type out some kind of outline afterwards um, or just do it all in the editing, but yeah, it's kind of reversed, but I think still one helps the other quite a bit. Yeah. So recording energy, this one's so complicated. It's, I feel like, I don't know if there's a quote and I remember who it's by. It's pretty darn common though about like, 
you know, some cliche along the lines of, well, real writers don't just write when they have inspiration. They, they have inspiration because they sit down to write every day at 7 a.m. or whatever. Uh-huh. Recording isn't exactly like that because the creativity isn't really coming at that stage. The writing is more like in the outline and things. Yes. Um, and you do need a certain kind of energy. Um, but then also, especially here, we have deadlines and published dates. How have you found are the best ways to work with? Uh, so batching it. as So I, I've learned that. That's a good question, by the way. I, I've learned that we've we've talked about this before. Um, it's partially energy, par, partially my, my energy type, whatever, mm-hmm. it, is that I'll have up times and down times. And so when the opportunity arises that I'm in the space to have the energy more naturally to record, then I'd batch more. And so that it behooves me to have the outlines ready for when that happens. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, there's some parameters there because we have to have a record by date and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing that's, for me personally, it because, man, when it's in a downtime, it is just like the hardest thing in the world to tur- turn on that camera and try to pretend like <laughs> I have <laughs> it's energy. Not, yeah. Uh, so it'll be different for every person. But that is an approach. If you find yourself in a situation where your energy kind of up and down, that type of thing. I mean, there are other dynamics in your life you can take care of. Just get enough sleep, you know, have a good diet, that type of thing that help with those things and mental health. Uh, But an approach, if you find yourself in that situation, is to do your best to have videos prepared, outlined, ready to record, so that when it does, when you are ready to record, when you're filling up to it, then you say, hey, record and record as much as you feel like. Um, and then you're good. Yeah, absolutely. And so a lot of times you get ahead, which is really interesting because we know we've kind of tried to build in this flexibility into our system of like, we have to have it by this day, but before this day, any time works. And then, like you said, you can batch and things like that. And so on the individual level, I don't know about you listening. I know I would have to have some kind of deadline. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have any deadline, I would never, ever do it, but maybe it doesn't have to be a you film every Saturday or something if that doesn't work for you. Maybe it can just be like any time before this day. Would you ever film, do you think, if you didn't give yourself, like if you were working on a personal channel or something, if you didn't have like a must film by date, would you ever get around to it? Do you think you would kind of just have that creative energy at some point or would you put it off? It's funny because it's a bit of the, it's like the inconsistency of the the artist energy, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because the reality is if you don't produce something, you don't get results it's across the board. If you're, if you're not making content, it, you don't get results. And so I think everyone to some degree has to have a, a expectation or like goals that they set for themselves um, that to a degree is based off of discipline and not motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's just kind of how it works. However, having said that, there are ways to, quote unquote, hack it for yourself. Um, Things like figuring out how best works with you. Like for me, the example I just gave of how my energy goes up and down, uh, that means that I can work around that and say, okay, so if I have videos, uh, then I'll have my videos prepped. I'll I'll have the shots. I'll maybe outline, script it, whatever it is. And then when when I'm filling up to it and I have the space, boom, I'm just going to record a bunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one option. The other is, for many people, 
I, this is off of observation, not off of experience because it doesn't work for me personally, but for many people, it is very helpful. Just like the example you were sharing to have say, all right, this is my routine. I'm every Saturday at 7am. I'm going to get up and I already have my videos prepped and I'm going to record two videos every Saturday at 7am. I'm just going to do that. That's just what I do. And it's extremely successful for a lot of people. Yeah. For me, the moment I feel caught into a routine like that, I, my creativity just <laughs> crashes. And so I have a hard time with that. But there are ways. What I think what I'm saying here is there are ways you're not broken. Anybody listen to this. You're not broken. And there are ways to work with what's natural to you combined with a bit of discipline and habits. Um, and then so intentionally working on those things and saying, I'm, I'm building habits. I'm building discipline. I'm giving myself rewards. I'm setting up whatever works for you um, is it, it's possible. Right. Absolutely. Making your own routine, trying things. What would you say for su- suggestions if somebody or you, for example, like had to film on a day, you're not feeling up to it. You have a deadline, you're not feeling the energy. Do you have any tricks to kind of get ready? Do you do like a practice run through without the camera rolling? Do you do jumping jacks? What do you do? That's a good question. Uh, for me personally, I'll speak here and then we can speak in, in um, principles here. Mm-hmm. I have to put myself in an alternate reality. I have to say, essentially, all of that, that mess that's going on in my head, I'm setting it aside and I'm just here right now because it feels so real. A, a lot of times with mental health, it just feels like I can't do this. Like there's so much, the anxiety, the, mm-hmm. the worrying, whatever it is. You just have to say, okay, put that in a capsule, wrap it up in a blanket or something and just set it aside and I'm going to record. I am just here. That's it. There's nothing else. I'm just here. And so that's what I do in those situations. Is it ideal or do I feel like gloriously happy while I'm doing it? No, <laughs> but neutral is better than way negative. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so that's what I do. Um, now things that I have seen work in other cases, and this is something that might help me personally is to have a routine and hype it up routine. So this happens a lot in the the, the theater space, you don't feel like performing every single night, but you got to find some way of getting in the mood. And I know I've sh- I've shared this before, um, but there was the example of the Broadway actor that did, he was in King and I, I think he played the King. He did it for 20 years straight or something like that. And, and he was excellent every single night for 20 years. And if you've never done anything like that, you, that is insane endurance to be able to do something that high energy every single day. And so for him, he had a routine where he found that there was a hole in the curtain. He went to the curtain and every single night as the auditorium was filling up, he would look through the curtain and say, this is their first time. And I'm going to give it to them. It's for them. It's not for me. It's for them. I'm going to treat it like that. And so a routine like that, every time you record, uh, I have seen it to be very successful. It can be jumping jacks. It can be, this is for them, taking a moment to just breathe, maybe some yoga, some something like that, and just... Say so this, is, this is the first video they're watching. Yeah, it's kind of a trigger for their brain that they're going to that mode. I think that's so interesting, though, and I love this conversation because it's it's opening up like this, this two sides of the coin of if you're having trouble recording, it might be because you're putting too much pressure on it or it might be because it's stagnant. And those are very different things. Like the Lion King story, he probably was was trying to make it not stagnant. It probably, after he'd done it, hundreds, thousands of times. He wasn't so nervous. He was trying to keep it fresh. And so are you getting bored? Then like add weight to it maybe. And if you are, you have anxiety around it, 
then maybe reduce weight. I had a teacher tell me this week, I thought it was really funny and memorable, um, at a lesson, she said, we're not saving lives here. It's a dance lesson. She said, we're dancing, we're not saving lives, because I was getting too intense, <laughs> taking it too seriously. <laughs> I've actually tried to kind of said that to myself throughout the day in other aspects of like, whatever I'm doing. I'm not saving lives here. It's okay. I'm just building a production pipeline. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're recording a YouTube video. You're not saving lives unless you're in YMIL and you're a doctor, probably still not saving lives. I don't know. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, figuring out, which is what Cody said, you know, figuring out where the friction is. Is the friction because you're too intimidated to record or is the friction because you're too bored to record? And that's also, I don't know if you've heard about flow, but getting into a flow state, there's some really good books on it, is really dependent on something being the right amount of difficulty level. So like video games and probably any game for that matter is fun and it's the most fun and engaging if it is hard enough to be challenging, but not too hard to where it feels unachievable. Mm, and I think yeah. filming videos, especially with energy level, could be very similar. Awesome. Okay, now let's get into editing, which also ties into recording and the outline a lot. Um, and I'm curious to hear how this has changed for Cody as we've gotten more structure with our outlines. Um, do you notice that it is, I think the main question I'm wondering is, do you notice that it's mostly a reduction in your time of the edit or is the time kind of similar and it's just a reduction in the mental energy and stress with the edit? Is it a lot of both? How has that improved? I'd say it's probably a reduction in the, the mental energy trying to determine what is this video the less structure there is beforehand, the more it feels like I'm trying to make a new video. Like I just was given documentary footage and I got to find the story somehow and piece it together. If there's no notes, it's, it's kind of hard to hone it in a certain direction. But with adding, the more that's added before it gets to me, the clearer of a picture I have to start with, which opens up more time to spend on adding creative elements of, okay, this is how he said it. How could it be said in an interesting way with the edit? Uh-huh. And not just more time, but also more energy, would you say? More mental energy to make those creative choices? Um, I don't think the, the creative part is mentally draining. That's a stimulating part for me. Oh, okay. But getting to that point is the draining part. Once it's established, okay, we're saying this, then I can have the freedom to find a way to make it interesting. Yeah. Once you know what medium we're, we're talking in, then you can kind of have a blank canvas and, right. and approach it. Right. It's with no outline, it's having an infinite canvas and all the tools and all the colors. Whereas with an outline, it's like, okay, you're in this 10 by 10 area and you can only use these three things. It's like, okay, the rules of engagement are clear. Interesting. So funny how given limitations, we often feel freer. We're able to express more creativity, what you're saying there. It's got me wondering if for anyone, even if you're soloing it right now, if it wouldn't be valuable, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, uh, Cody and Julia. Um, even if you're soloing it on your channel, would it be valuable to think of this, the process as kind of putting on different hats? Like now I'm editor hat. How would I go about this? Or pre-editor hat, how would I put together this video so that if I were to hand it to another person, they'd be able to do it? Yeah. And how do I make editor me 
life easier (laughs) instead of harder at this point. (laughs) Yeah, which I think takes pressure off because it is really interesting on a team. It's like on one hand, you want to give the next person the most easy, you know, material to work with. But on one hand, the responsibility is a little bit, I don't know what word I'm looking for, like watered down kind of. And so you don't feel so much pressure about the outcome of video because it's like, well, if I made a bad call at this stage, somebody else is probably going to like catch it. So maybe, yeah, having those different hats will help people like have a little bit less pressure at that stage while still be, being able to set themselves up for success later. And limiting the amount of options mm-hmm. helps move things along because otherwise you'll be stuck in one phase forever. So if you're given of, if you just, if, Every time you handed me a video and said, take as much time as you need, we'll publish it whenever it's done. Uh-huh. That that would mean we'd still be working on our first video. <laughs> That's true. So if you say, okay, you could only add one special thing and um, it needs to be 12 minutes long and we're publishing next week, then that really sets the the limits of where I can go. And it's just more about getting through and finishing it so we can move on to the next one. Gosh, then you could do those parameters in your own production pipeline, right? You could say, okay, editor me, these are your parameters. You, this final video can only be 12 minutes long and it has to be done by this date. Yeah. That's a cool idea. Yeah. So what would, what would the parameters be like limiting your tools, your colors, you'd have a final duration would you say like number of titles or just total amount of time you're allowed to work on it? What like what other ones could people use? Yeah, that's why I like setting it up in multiple passes, having a rough cut and then multiple rough cuts of just you go through it's and kind of like in animating, you can go frame by frame or you could do um, from key pose to key pose and it's just different styles. But I think for a YouTube perspective, going from pose to pose and then going to those in between segments and making those opportunities to refine then as opposed to going frame by frame or Mm. shot by shot just to in a forward progression, I think would be too slow. And you get a more big picture view of the story as you go kind of thing. Right. So if you're doing from outline point to outline point, just the big subheadings, if you're just making sure you get those, and then, okay, I've still got two hours left. I could go in and refine a little bit of each segment. Like, okay, I got 30 minutes. What can I do in 30 minutes? I could refine just this one segment. So not necessarily putting time limits on it, but just... Priority limits almost. Going, going from big chunks to smaller chunks. Okay. As opposed to just small chunks the whole way. So the opposite of your ideal world would kind of be like the fishing example, right? Of a, of a channel where you don't know the story until after the filming is done. What would your strategy be for editing things like that? Cause I know you have, right. You've had, you've had some experience editing like that. Yeah. For that, you're, you're still, you'd, you'd approach that of when you review the footage, you try and find the key moments and then from those key moments, okay, what order do I put those in to make the story work? And then, okay, as I to get from this point to this point, what would fit best? What would tell the story best? And you're just finding those key moments. 
and just going from key moment to key moment as opposed to going through the whole f- thing. And if there's like a 10 minute segment of you driving to the location, that doesn't really fit the story of when I ended up there and it was raining and I had to drive to this other location. That first driving segment is completely cut out now. I see. So it helps you make that decision of like, you know, that key point happens. So you don't even have to bother editing that sec- section. So would you say that you should treat that stage as an outline stage, like maybe with typing it out? Yeah, it's the visual outline at that point. I see. Yeah. You're, you're, and you don't want to get bogged down by the details of those little segments like you were saying yeah. with the editing software. You can't start thinking like, what's a cool animation here or a sound effect? Like right. you've got to have the story first, no matter what kind of channel you have. You either have the story after you film or before you film but not not during all these little details. Right. What are your thoughts, Nate? I think that's great. I was actually wondering about what, what Cody thinks about the chaotic, I, I call it the chaotic method. I've heard of people that will say, I'm going to make a video about this, and then they start recording, and then they start editing, and then they just say, okay, what do I need now? And they just record that snippet and put it in and then edit some more and then record the next snippet. Have you ever done something like that? Is that is that totally crazy? <laughs> <laughs> that was time-consuming. I, I think that approach would work if it's something that would require a lot of time. Like if you're doing a painting that's like eight foot by eight foot painting and it's like this is going to take a long time to record and just doing a time lapse would, wouldn't be all that interesting. So you would during the edit and you're looking at the time lapse and you realize, okay, I need to go get the shot of a close up of this detail and yeah. maybe that would work or a lawn mowing channel since you like those. (laughs) I think what you were saying is shot by shot is taking your script outline and your editing outline and doing them at the same time, as opposed to making those decisions ahead of time before you record. It's kind of doing the, the outline and the recording and the edit all at once. I think if you have time restrictions that might work better for certain situations, but it does require more planning ahead of time in the sense of once you do have a written outline, if you're changing your story, I don't know, that, that kind of goes in the wrong direction of now you're creating a new video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have ran into that here before, though, where you get the footage, you put it together, sometimes almost entirely together, and then you say, this part didn't quite land. I mean, and sometimes it's even a technical difficulty, like an issue with audio or something, but a lot of times it's it's not that technical. It's just like, it didn't really fit in Nate or something. he's being funny. She's <laughs> actually not funny. It falls <laughs> flat like a pancake. <laughs> Maybe. No, Maybe <sorry>. different. <laughs> I don't recall that one specifically. Uh, what? I do. <laughs> you do? <laughs> You're your own worst critic. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes Cody will say, like, can we refilm this? Can you guys fix this? And then we know that we have this one little part and you can do that too. You can say, you know, you're your editor self and maybe your editor self decides we need to refilm this one part. Most of you listening probably have a channel where you can outline, record, and then maybe record another segment if something really didn't land right. For the things like if you have a destination or something, probably not unless you're doing some kind of voiceover, but usually not as much of an option, but Yeah, I don't know. There's like those two extremes, like Nate mentioned, the like record a little bit, the chaotic method, and then edit that much of the video and then record more. 
which is probably pretty crazy if you don't have experience doing that. Yeah, it, so, could, it could be also the strategy of you don't want to sit down with three hours of footage and edit that. Mm-hmm. It might be you're, okay, we went out and did this, this what we thought we were going to do. We did an hour of it. I'm going to edit it real quick and see if it's worth continuing this next phase or if we got to think of something new. But at least you're not going through two hours of footage. You're just limiting how much you have to go through. Maybe that's the reason why people do it. Yeah, fair point. It's probably going to get better over time. So you preemptively know, okay, these are about the shots I'm going to need. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to want a close-up of this. I know I'm going to want a panning shot of the product right here. I know I'm going to want a, you know, an environmental shot here. kind of makes sense that you would get And, and it might be just a personality difference of some people can visually plan it in their head, but other people need to see it. They need to have their hands on it in order to see what it looks like. They can't picture it in their mind. So it might just be that personality difference there. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. The bird's eye view. Are there any specific roadblocks towards the very end of editing where you maybe just kind of have to decide that a video is done? I know you are pretty meticulous. Um, Are there ways that you get past that or decide that it is ready even though there's more you could do is it just the time constraints that you mostly use or do you have other techniques i i mostly just stick to the time constraints because given unlimited time you'd find unlimited ways to make it better yeah so then the very last step is pretty much the we call it pre-published kind of steps i'm currently doing this so maybe i'll speak to this i just have a checklist and this is one thing that doesn't require a ton of creativity. There's the description and the pin comment, which we usually do, you know, and you can play around with a couple iterations of that, but it's definitely not something that I wait to be in the mood for. I have a checklist and I think the checklist is so important. I forgot to use the checklist one time last week and forgot the thumbnail and it was okay. Cause somebody else got it before we published, but like, I don't know, no matter how many times I do it twice a week, I have been for a very long time. And for months and still like I need to go through the checklist, even if I think I've gotten everything. Cause usually there isn't something, um, or usually there is something that I've forgotten. So things like pin comment, thumbnail, um, description, I usually double check monetization. If you're monetized, just double check that you have the correct settings on there. Usually they don't change. That one's really quick. Um, tags, we use vidIQ for that too. Um, and then timestamps, which we sometimes do, sometimes don't. We've talked about that in some videos. What video was that, Nate, where we talked about timestamps, if we should keep doing them? Uh, well, we, we did an Chapters. update recently as of recording this. It was in the mistakes to stop doing in oh. 2023. That was the one yep. where we kind of did an update on chapters, how we had done something like 11 videos with them, 11 videos without them, shared them side by side. Yeah, so check out that video. Kind of our final takeaway on that was that you want to, well, what we are doing um, is decide per video basis, kind of just like if it makes sense to have chapters, if we think it'll distract or make people skip too much versus if it's something that like really would be helpful to have chapters. Um, So that's kind of what we do. But I usually know ahead of time if we're doing chapters or not. So that's one thing on my checklist. What else? Scheduling and just making sure I actually have it scheduled for the day instead of just everything updated there. Um, I think that's it. I should have pulled up the checklist. End cards. 
Oh, yes, cards. Thank you. Yes. So cards, if we reference another video in and the video. Screen. Yeah. In the end screen. Yeah. Oh, and playlists. We add to other playlists that are relevant. Usually like one to three other playlists is how many we have. So those are the pre-published things, and I just try to get it done right away as soon as the thumbnail and the video are done and it's uploaded to YouTube and go through the checklist. And I mean... I like to say everybody's different with most things, but I don't know how much this would vary. What do you think, Nate? Does this vary a lot depending on who's listening? I just keep thinking that of the story in that book, I feel like I told you about it. I read recently. I don't remember which book I read recently. It was, I've been reading a lot of books, but it was of, it was to this point of checklists and it was a guy that went into the doctor's office for a, a operation on his knee and Mm -hmm. professionals like Tons of years of, of, of experience and schooling among these people. But he, so he went home and his knee started hurting a lot. And they went back in. They said, oh, it's, it's fine. And it kept hurting, kept hurting, getting worse and worse. And he finally went back in. And it turned out they had left an instrument in his knee. Crazy. And the, and the author of the book said, was that room full of experienced people? Yes. Like super experienced. A lot of education. But if they had simply followed a checklist, that would have never happened. And so it's, it's, it's as no matter how much you think you know about YouTube, it's a reminder to myself as well. Um, I love that you have a checklist to just say, I'm just going to follow the process. Yeah. I guess that's better than needing to reinvent it or remember it every time. Yeah. And I've noticed it makes me feel less stressed and less intimidated. Intimidated is maybe a funny word to use because, you know, you think of being intimidated when you're about to hit the record button. But I think even with mundane tasks, like, making an appointment at the DMV or something, there can be that little bit of like, uh, I don't I don't know how to do this or I don't know which kind of appointment to book or which location to go to or, you know, whatever. Like with mundane tasks, you can feel that resistance. And I think it comes from overwhelm a lot of times, at least for me, it comes from overwhelm. Of like, I don't know what's all involved. Like even if I've done a bunch of times, it feels like I can't quite remember. When you have a checklist, it's just like, oh, I don't have to worry about what all is involved. I just start with the first thing, get it done go to the next thing. So yeah, it reduces your mistakes and it makes me put it off less, I think. So yeah, I would definitely recommend just kind of having your own pre-published routine, even if it doesn't look exactly like that, um, but kind of just making that mundane aspect as painless as possible. So thank you for listening, Cody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And I will see you guys later. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.